Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams, we're here on Elizabeth Avenue. Danny, we're outside EPR, and it's Sunday Fun Day. Cheers to you. Patio cast, Johnny, with some uh, house music pumping <laughs> in the background across the street from EPR here. Uh, we got like a, just kind of a, a, a DJ here who's just really feeling himself over at Spoke Easy, and... Uh, you know, he, he might be going places. Who knows? This guy, he's getting he's getting a live performance under his belt, and his career's probably taking off. It's a pregame playlist because <laughs> after we finish this recording, we're heading over to the Charlotte Independence match. It's Sunset Soccer at Memorial Ooh. Stadium on a Sunday night. Ooh, baby. Uh, you can check out our Twitter feed at For the Crown Baby. Follow us there. You can see photos from the match that we're going to take tonight. It should be a, a great environment uh, in that stadium. The Independents are wearing these fire red, white, and blue kits. Mm-hmm. As we're here, the United States women's national team is playing their final send-off game to the Women's World Cup, right. which will kick off here in just a matter of weeks. Danny, the soccer. And by the way, Charlotte FC played last night and drew again. Yeah, the soccer's out of control right now. We believe, man. And like, <laughs> like so Independents kind of doing their, it's their first home game in a month, so they're kind of doing a, a – uh, Fourth uh, of July sort of Go America theme with the red, white, and blue jerseys they're going to be wearing, and I love it so much. Like I love to celebrate my entire birthday month. The, <laughs> the whole month of July is like a patriotic month. Yes, you know, it it's is. like you have the fourth, obviously, but even after the fourth is over, it's not like you just forget like this sort of like this beautiful feeling of like summer in America. Like this is like you can say what you want about life in the United States; it's got its ups and downs, but there's nothing quite like living in America, as James Brown once sang. On a summer patio porch, there's just beautiful people all around us. Uh, I, I saw nothing but just like just all the great folks of Charlotte out this weekend, like having a great time with the match. It was insane, like just the fun times of the crowd. Huge crowd uh, for the FC Cincinnati match. Open the upper deck. It surprised me. I I owe me of little faith. Didn't think they could fill that upper deck, but they did. Soccer city. Yeah, it's a soccer city, and now we got a game to go to. I mean, what a scene to be set in to talk about the status of soccer in the city. 42,000 official number at the keep last night. I, I will say that's exactly what it looked like last night at the United States Men's National Yeah, I, I counted exa- about 42,000 in my head. That's that's about the number I was on. And uh, I, I remember I was bragging on the fans there at the USMNT game, and I was saying, wow, like they kind of showed out a little bit harder yeah. than Charlotte FC fans do. Yeah. But when they opened, I, the fact that Charlotte FC fans showed up in the same numbers that uh, the upper deck showed up in for the USMNT game. I thought that was a really cool sign that maybe we underestimated the support a little bit. And yeah. even though this team is going through a, a rough spell, five straight draws now, that the, the supporters are still some of the best. And, and actually, the supporters are the best in MLS. And we will talk about that. Like, we're going to talk about sort of how how you should or should uh, emotion, how at least you do. We're not going to tell anybody how to feel, but we're going to talk about how we feel, some differing vibes on the whole five games of draws in a row but like think about we're we're hardcore we're super fans we're super focused on the end result think about being that casual fan in charlotte like think about being that family that maybe likes soccer your kids play soccer you're not super into like the table watching or whatever but your team hasn't lost like you like think of it that way the team has not lost in five games either and like draws are better than losses as annoying and frustrating as the the route to get them has been for charlotte C. We haven't lost in should a month we, and a half. Should we name drop? Uh, Please. Last night you were getting texts during the match from uh, from your colleague, my my former colleague, 
at SEC Network, Dari Noka last night. Of course, the legend. And uh, Dari, Dari's one of those guys who, like, never grew up as a soccer fan, obviously works in sports, loves sports, and decided when Charlotte FC launched, okay, it's time to finally become a soccer fan. He, he brings his daughter to all the games. We saw a few of our... I didn't see him walking in, but a few folks saw him walking in uh, with the fam last night. And Dari's the man, and like he texts you and I because we all used to work together, and he wants to know. Like he thinks of us as like we can answer his questions as a casual soccer fan. He knows he can come to us, and so it's great to hear from him. And like, like again, like and, and there's a lot of other people like that in the stadium, right? And exactly. He's showing up. He's probably more representative up. of the average fan even than I am. I got to keep that in, in okay, mind. Okay, and you know? hear, hear me out on this, right? Because yeah. I. I, I I wasn't trying to make this point so early in the podcast, but it just came to me, sure. right? Is Go that, with the flow, my friend. Is that, like, last night was fun. Right. So if you were right. a casual soccer fan in that building last night, mm -hmm. and you didn't really hyperbolically think about a result, right? you would have had a great time. Right. Because Carol was going nuts, and, like... To, to see the emotion in those celebrations. Yes. First off, Carol's goals were both sick and yes, insane, just as skillful goal uh, finishes. Second off, his reaction to the goals was just, he's like, get up! He's like like a Roman gladiator of old. He's like, yeah, uh, imploring the crowd oh, to yeah. get up on their feet. When it was Carol amazing. scores, you know the celly <laughs> right. is going to be great. Right, right. And it's like, how can you not have fun to be able to see that twice in a two-hour time span? And, and, let's, and let's, yeah. let's, let's go off the field, right? The Poznan before the game, I think the crowd was into it yeah. more that match than I've seen from a full point of view. Swerve section always into it. Remember, I'm, but I'm sitting, I'm sitting in section 342, uh -huh. and a joke that I like to make is that when I turn around and I do the Poznan before the match, the, 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 club, the boxes are just always like, you know, awkwardly <laughs> not doing the Poznan. Yeah. This time, they were doing there it. Was, everybody in the boxes were banging to the Poznan. They were partying, having a good time, turning right. around. And, all, and at that moment, I said, okay, the vibe is turned up tonight. Uh -huh. This place is going wild. I thought the walkout was fantastic. There was just an atmosphere in that stadium last night that was intoxicating. I totally agree. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's why I think you are rightly so very keeping it on level. We talked in the last episode about how you're off the roller coaster. You're riding those Pacific waves. You're, yes. you're surfing the calm I've got the waves. Long, I've got the long board yeah. on the short waves. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. just the long, exactly. smooth journey. And I think that last night, your reaction that I'm here right now is another another uh, step in that process. I, I think there's no change for you. For me, I, again, the performance was great, and I, I salute the boys, and everything they did out there was awesome. For me, I think, and even I think what the part of the fan base that I might be representative of is what we have is a situation where the coach's position has become untenable because he keeps sticking his foot in his mouth over and over again. It's three press conferences in a row now where he's just said dumb things that, that make no sense to the to the fan. We'll get into that. No, no, I want to talk about that. And I want to ask you a question that I believe to be fair, right? Is there a miscommunication happening based on Christian Latanzio and his Italian heritage and the way that he translates his words into English. That is something that I've talked about before. When, he's, when, you, when you read these quotes closely, they're really not that crazy. To say that the players are anxious to, to please the supporters, like isn't that the same thing as saying like, the guys are nervous, they wanna make the supporters happy. Like, to me that feels actually 
like, yes, a fact. Is he right. is he really being critical of the the support in that phrase? I'm not sure. I think there's a possibility of lost in translationist, but he has worked in English speaking countries for decades, so I'm not yes. gonna. I don't think it's the the, okay. the biggest deal. He should know his words, and also you should also know, regardless of the individual words you use, whether it's anxious, nervous, any type of synonyms and, and connotative uh, translational words that come around like that. What I would say is you have to just know what. What me- even regardless of the individual words you're using, you usually know what message you're sending when you, hopefully, when you speak. And so, I think it's the wrong message to uh, first. We we talked last episode about how I was peeved about his five-word uh, death sentence of maybe we weren't compact enough or you know like that. Yeah, and it's like no, you weren't. Yeah, too when there compact. was yeah when there was seven guys <laughs> standing on one spot and a guy running free into thirty yards yeah. of space. So I hated that. So then two days later, right, he comes out and he says uh, something, and this some people thought was taken out of context. Willie P put the original tweet out there and then was like answering for it all day, and it was the social media drama of Friday. But it basically boiled down to uh, Latanzio saying that we need to, the, the fan base needs to support the players, and it's not right for us to turn on this team, and they're trying their hardest, and we need to always be supportive of the players. So it's all right. Yeah. So the coach calls out the fan base, and then some people said it was out of context. Some people said, listen a little closer. I get it. You can interpret however you want. So then the very next day, after this draw that was, you know, a good a 2-2 draw against the, the best record team in the league is, not, is nothing to, you know, be sad about necessarily the way we lost it to a lead that sucks so but he comes out and says what you alluded to which is oh you know the he said at the end of a long speech of saying this 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 and this he throws in at the end he's like and i think the players play a little nervous because they really want to do a good job for the fans at home and it's like you just said we weren't supporting the fans enough and now we're supporting them too much it was just like the dichotomy between those two statements shows me that like Latanzio's just kind of grasping at straws okay. and like whatever happens he's just throwing stuff out there like I don't know if he believes anything of what he said because none of it makes sense together so it makes me think he's just saying anything and not really okay. caring about the actual import of what he says to me it sounds like somebody <laughs> to, me, to me it sounds like someone who doesn't know how to DJ across the street as <laughs> we have a loud uh, <laughs> uh, Droning noise being played, but I guess that's—I don't know if that's intentional or not. <laughs> Danny, here's the thing about being a music I, lover, dude—you just gotta kind of roll with it, and, and and you gotta go with it. If you don't like this kind of tune, I'm sitting next to you. I can barely hear you, Johnny. Well, let me speak louder then. Let me speak louder then. And what I'll say is, and the question that I had for you simply was—the question that I had was. Doesn't this sound like somebody who is doing this for the first time? Yes. That doesn't know what to say. Yes. In certain moments. Yes. That is right. Inexperienced in right. the face of criticism, yeah. leading a club for one of the richest owners in the world. It's almost like we on this podcast discussed months ago that an interim manager who was going to be the the head man for the first time in his career might not be the best guy for the job right and your top assistant is christian fuchs a great player who doesn't actually have his full coaching badges yet and you know you hire um we're one of the very few teams in the league that has a you know mental health coach which i think is great i'm I'm all for mental health i'm questioning why we don't have more mental toughness at the end of games when we have a mental health coach but 
regardless. Uh, like, if that, how is that an issue for us when we're when our club has gone above and beyond to try to address that uh, ahead of time and it's not working? That's frustrating. So yeah, it's, he's learning on the job, Latanzio. He's 13 months into his career as a head manager after decades spent as an assistant. And what he is is a really good assistant who is costing us points by learning on the job to be the head man. Right, because I, the, the costing of points to me is down to game management. Right. Like the, the, the referee blows the whistle and Christian Latanzio has 90 minutes where he's making decisions. Right. Right. That's a really tough time for him. Yes. Because he's never had to do that before. He's always been able to lean on somebody to make those calls, and the pressure wasn't necessarily on him. So let's talk about pressure. You know what I think would be interesting? I think this could potentially be the case. Maybe Christian Latanzio is talking about himself. That the support is making him a little anxious. That the support is making him a little nervous. That he's unable to deal with the pressure that is surrounding him so he's taking that pressure and he's putting it on other people, his players. It sounds like you're talking about the classic psychological concept of projection. Yes. Where what you feel inside, you start to you start to say that it's an outside source because you, you don't want to deal with the fact that that's really what's going on internally. And that is that's concerning to me and and frankly I I somewhat feel bad for the guy because he continues to make decisions that should be criticized, right? Yeah. So there's no way in hell that right. I, I, anybody could come on this podcast today and be like, wait a minute, Christian Latanzio is actually making good in-game decisions. Yesterday, I, there was one of the things I was there was I was very vocal at the match yesterday in a way that maybe it was just like the the, the 100 degree temperature that I was literally outside in yesterday mm-hmm. for there, yeah. 11 hours. Yeah, 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 like yeah. by the 10th hour, I was like, oh my, I was like, my brain, my my brain was in a fog. And other than just being like yelling Bronny bro the entire match. <laughs> Masterclass. Yeah. He did what I wanted, which was follow Lucho Acosta around most of the game and, I, and deny him. I, yeah. thought, I thought Bronny did really well. Um, but other than that, I was like, maybe you sh- when Charlotte FC was, was struggling in the second half, they give up two goals, and Camille Uzviak is like having a really tough time getting himself into the match. I was like, Maybe you shouldn't have taken out both of your wingers. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe yeah. we shouldn't have gone with the the hockey change there. Yeah. Maybe we should have left one of those guys on who had yeah. a feel for the game. Or maybe Ben Bender comes in for the 37-year-old Scott Arfield who's playing 90 minutes in the heat for the first time in six months. I don't know. I uh, Arfield's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I, I would have liked to see Ben Bender uh, maybe even start, to be honest, if it was me. Uh, yeah, I agree. And, it, again, it comes down to every time – a weird situation pops up. It's the first time that Christian Latanzio's had to be the guy to deal with that situation. It's just like even a year and a month into things, it's still these fresh situations are popping up. The Enzo Capetti injury last last week uh, game against New York, uh, seeing Vargas and Jones Jones pull himself out of the game. like. Right now he's having the he's getting reps with like how to deal with in-game injuries, and uh, it's kind of smacking him in the face a little bit. I personally think. I, I think there was a total goof up with what happened with NYFC, NYCFC in terms of our final sub coming with 25 minutes left and not having any other windows. I think he forgot that he had subbed Enzo. In the, I think he thought he had another window. I personally, I, I don't think he'd ever admit that, but that's what I will always believe. For that match, 
Uh, as far as subbing and whatnot, the, the guys you brought in last night, what do you think? I mean, Ajumon comes in, we're facing 10 men for 15 minutes, and it's almost like the red card for Cincy was worse for us because then they were like, all right, fuck it, we'll just we'll just go, ten, we'll just set up shop. They they super parked the bus with 10 men, and we got fewer shots against 10 than we were getting against 11. Well, that was an important point that I wanted to make on today's podcast, and that is, and I was seeing it last night live in living color, I said, my goodness, we're struggling up a man again. <laughs> yeah, This home. is not the first time. Right. This is not the first time that Charlotte right. FC has struggled a man up. And in that final 15 minutes, there was just, there was, there should have been a goal. There, there should have been a goal, and there probably should have been a third goal last night. There was big chances missed by the players. Right, so I think... For me, what's really key here, Danny, is to, instead of play the blame game, like I'll play the blame game, right? And I've got a list of guys that we can talk about for where Charlotte is on the table right now. But I want to throw that blame game aside because we, we've had the Latanzio discussion. But let's talk about the table, like realistically, yeah, on the and, table. And we're tied for ninth place, which is a playing game. I want to just say, if there's anybody I blame, it's, it's, it's uh, geometry. Because Carol's curler off that post yes. should have won the match. Yes. I mean, the beers went up flying in the supporter section. Yeah. We all thought it was in. Took an insane spinning, weird-ass physics. Like, the laws of physics conspired against us on that one because Carol thought it was in. We all thought it was in. That thing bangs off the inside of the post and somehow bounces out. No clue how that happened. But uh, but Carol gave it his all, and he should have finished the 1v1, obviously, yeah. also. But that he doesn't get blamed. You, you can't score two goals. And miss two, and then it's not your. It's well, not your fault. Yeah, I mean, so, they're yeah, big. Yeah, big yeah. For, for what it's worth, the the curler into the left corner, bad luck. Horrible luck. He yeah. went for um, the nutmeg on the one v one. Yeah, when he should have. And the keeper it, did yeah. a nice job. Yeah, and so the a great keeper. Job. Yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. Let's talk about the table. The table. Because, the, 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 yeah. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll reemphasize. Twenty six points is tied for the play-in spot, ninth place right now. A big chunky tie, though. That's the problem. I would feel much better if it was like a tie with one or two other teams. So with 12 games left, it to me it feels like there's desperation building. There is this sense of, hey, we aren't going to make the playoffs. What is realistically possible for this team? Is it time to say, okay, let's give up on this. <laughs> Christian Latanzio's here. Is it time to say that? No, 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 man. It's and you, you kind of got on me in our in our show prep. I'll I'll go. I'll peel back the curtain on this one for a minute. You called me pathetic because I said, <laughs> I said, ah, fuck, we're not gonna make the playoffs. It's fine. I don't care anymore. I just want to go to the games and have fun. And you're like pathetic. You would give up this early, Brands. And I thought to myself, maybe it is pathetic. Who knows? But. I wanted to keep be keeping There's it real. Twelve games left. I know, but I wanted to be keeping it real, and and whether or not that's right or wrong. The, my problem is, you mentioned the twenty six point tie. We're tied with Montreal, Red Bulls, Fire, us, and New York City FC on twenty six, and then it's four point gap to the next spot up. So, it's it's realistically we're only going for ninth. Eighth right now is on the. We'd have to fight our way into a fight for eighth. So let's say we're in a five way tie for ninth. Can we really trust ourselves? to be the cream that rises to the top when three of those teams of those five have a game in hand on us. I don't know. And we do play Montreal. We play at, it's like, there's a great opportunity to go to Montreal and get three points against a team that we're in direct competition with. I'd be all for it. 
I, until we see it happen, I don't know if I can. Montreal's been very, very tough at home, and we couldn't score against them at our own place two weeks ago. It's kind of like when I bet golf and I look at the leaderboard and I really don't give a shit how anybody's playing. Yeah. And it's I can do the same thing with a table, right? Where I can say, like, mathematically, let's take the emotion out of it. Okay. Like, what does this look like? And for me, it looks like, okay, why in the world would you stop trying for this? Like, you got a chance to get up in there and and potentially host a playing game at eight. Like that, and I know you said they're four points ahead, but four points in twelve matches, shit, that's not that much. That's and that's ultimately my point. So it's just like, and I'm not being the person, I'm not being the guy that's saying like, hey, Charlotte FC is going to go on a run of twelve games unbeaten. Well, actually, they might. We got five unbeaten. Who knows? <laughs> Let's make it seventeen. You know why not? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I win. Yeah, I'll take they ain't gonna lose. Twelve draws in a row might actually get us there with thirty-eight <laughs> points. You usually need about forty points to make the playoffs. So realistically, we we need you know 15 or so, but who knows? 12 could get us there. I got we got some breaking news. This is a live oh, update. Really? This is a please discuss. We just got tagged on social media by friend of the show uh, Brett Thompson. Nice. Uh, Brett Live says please discuss for the crown baby. Charlotte FC have now dropped points in seven matches in which they led: St. Louis, Salt Lake, Colorado, Nashville, New York Red Bulls, New York City, and Cincinnati. All games where we had leads. And ended up with four draws and two losses. Excuse me, four draws and three losses. So uh, that's why that's the Brett brings that up, and he's astute to do so. And my thing is like, I'm not giving up. I would never say don't try. I'm not saying like, oh fuck it, let's just play George Marks the rest of the way in goal and sell Kalina and uh, uh, bring up you know play Brandon Cambridge as a starter for the rest of the game and and get rid of you know sell Miram. None of that is in my head at all. I'm just trying to be realistic about what I think will happen, and I don't see, I don't right now think that we would be a favorite, to use the betting market term, to emerge from that group of five that's stuck on 26 points right now. But the reason is because of this past history of drop points that Brett cites, but there's also the concept of regression. Regression to the mean. Maybe maybe we're due for some positive results in those situations. Who knows? We did. We saved a point versus Seattle with Patrick Ajibong's goal. It's a, it's a good thought. It's a good thought. And by the way, I appreciate Brett. And what I want to say about uh, what I what I predicted to Brett last night in the supporters bar, I said we're going to win. We didn't up winning. But what I, I told the crew, I made a rule last night. I said if it's three nothing, I don't care what time it is in the match, three nothing Charlotte FC in the lead, I'll be right here. And after that second goal went in in like the 22nd minute, I was like, I'm gonna be down there before halftime. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, and it's gonna be like, I'm gonna party so hard down in there for the rest of the match, or I'm probably not gonna be able to walk back upstairs. <laughs> and it almost went in. They, it, it yeah, was we like had a couple. Yeah, legitimately so close. Yeah, two, three nil in that first half, which, which would have been awesome. But to Brett's point, ultimately, what I'll say, and I, we've been saying this for the last six months, is that the defense is not good. So right. it doesn't matter how many goals you're leading by. Right. Your defense is just not good on this squad. It's one of the worst back lines I, in the league. Was that another first time back line? Jones, Carujo, Lindsey Byrne? I think that was another fir- I think that was another first timer. Uh, it might have been uh, it was definitely different from the NYC game. It might have been the same one we've played against Montreal if I think back. But yeah, you're right. The defense is not good. Uh, I was down shout out to the crew by the way. I another Brett, like right before Carroll's first goal, Brett goes, 
Kerwin is wide open every play. And then the very next, pa- like, seconds later was a pass down the wing to Kerwin, and then he served up the assist. So that was really nice. Uh, I go down in the 42nd minute, you know, um, every, uh, this is kind of my thing. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Hitchhiker's Guide for 42. And went down there, had a blast. The crew was nice. I got to give a quick shout out to uh, Lauren Ventura. Who hooked me up? I was way too late into the to the arena to get a uh, Marvel Challenge coin, oh, a little giveaway. One? But Lauren hooked it up, hooked me up with the Challenge coin. Yeah, very nice. Add one to the collection. Uh, got a few. I was just messing with all my coins at home. Yeah. Uh, felt felt powerful. You know. Cool. Uh, so our crew was great. Anyone uh, that wants to join the crew, we're always in supporters bar. You know, for the hour or so before kickoff. Uh, Tifo was great. Loved the Marvel theme Tifo on Marvel Night. Good job with the uh, the Infinity Stones. Ran into that was a Southbound and Crown thing. Give them a shout out. They really put drove that one. I heard and uh, Michael Gallimore saw him at the saw him at halftime. He was uh, he said he was one of the big designers of that. So we, we love Mike from Southbound. Good for yeah, him. it was good. Tifo uh, yeah. was cool. I, yeah. I didn't know, I didn't I could not tell it was Infinity Stones at the time. Uh, but looking at it today on social media, I thought it was really cool. Maybe uh, if it was like the sixth hour instead of the eleventh yeah, hour of yeah. that heat, you know. The, uh, the shout out to the TIFO committee, the, the supporters groups who work together, the royal family to get that done. I think it enhances the atmosphere in a big way, and and the Paznan has officially caught on. You know, something yeah. that uh, did not feel uh, natural during the match. Uh, I just wish last night we had. Um, a song for Scott Arfield because I was just so glad to see Scott make Scotty make his debut. Scotty Arfield. The, the only thing that I could think of was there's this song that like in, that it's talk, it's talk about Scotty doesn't know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Scotty doesn't know. Classic from Euro Trip. But you know what? You know who does know? Scotty Arfield knows. Scotty Arfield knows. <laughs> Scotty Arfield knows. Scotty knows. Yeah, he does. Yeah, Scotty knows. Scotty does know. And uh, I he played great. He played really well. He had an intro, uh, top top in ninety post match. Asked him about pressure. Asked him about what Christian Latanzio talked about. And Scotty Arfield's answer, I thought, was uh, pretty funny. He was like, "Well, I mean, if you play soccer, there's pressure. Like I played at Rangers. I played mm-hmm. in the Champions League. Like I played at a club that is traditionally one of the." Uh, most well supporter supported club in Europe. Right. And yes, like inherently I can play under pressure. And I thought that was a really, really good window into why this guy at this time might be really, really good for Charlotte FC. And I think that he's going to be a fixture in the, the starting 11 for the rest of the season. I thought him and Westwood, obviously as former teammates, communicated well. Both, both kind of didn't really make a huge impact necessarily to the eye, but they both were having that kind of game. Where I was it's watching like, the midfield the entire yeah. match. I thought I thought they. I was more so interested in uh, Scotty Arfield off the ball. Okay, he, he was um, he was conducting. Love it. He was telling. This is his first match, full 90, first full debut, and he's telling people where to be mm-hmm. all over the pitch. I thought that was very interesting. That's something Ben Bender can't really do at this no. stage of his career. I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I still would have liked to see Bender as a sub, even even if he didn't start. Yep. We, you mentioned, I mean, we've got the La 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 song for Scotty, but I, I don't know if that's going to catch on. Yeah. But I, do, I do like it. Uh, you mentioned the Poznan and what that, the whole thing, I just want to speak to the idea of what that is, is like a tradition that was just willed into happening. And that's really how you make traditions happening happen, is just by doing them. Like, so 
you know, I, I've said this before when I talk to people on social media, you know, to have a chant, make a chant, you know, like to, if you want to play your chant, then start fucking chanting it. And like, that's what I like. <laughs> yeah, so I yeah, love, yeah, I'm yeah. a huge, huge fan. I'm, of, you know, if I pat myself on the back, I think that I love all my chants that I come up with, but my favorite that I've ever come up with is the Carol Swiderski, you know, you're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you <laughs> chant where it's like. Carol Swiderski, he's always scoring goals. Carol Swiderski, one of our favorite poles. Carol Swiderski, so proud to wear the black and the blue. So I, I just was screaming that. I was probably saying that 20 times in the stands last <laughs> night. And not, not one per single person joined me. And I don't expect that I'm going to create some kind of movement. But hey, maybe two people will join me. And yeah. maybe if I did that every get home match for three or four years, maybe finally people would catch on. Who knows? So like, to have, make a chant, do a chant. If you chant whatever the hell you want, chant something. And like, the the, the team uh, chants that we have that the, the uh, capos lead and stuff they're all great and they're fun it's it's nice to be part of a big movement so all chanting the same thing but at this stage it's time for people to just start chanting whatever the hell they want up there <laughs> as far as I'm concerned absolutely right Let, let's see if it catches on we try to create that with Derek Jones we know he's got it going on right I sang that one too a, lot, a couple times last night until he got hurt <laughs> I sing my chants I I love my chants, and I sing. I mean, if anyone wants to join, you're welcome to it. You can follow him on social, uh, on Twitter, at Danny Rams. You can follow him on Threads, at Instagram. Instagram TX. TX. I like Threads. Threads is fun. Yeah. I, so my whole thing is, when I on Twitter, I never block people, because they're just like, ah, oh, if you block, then you lose the argument. On Threads, I block everybody. Yeah. I, <laughs> that's, that's my dichotomy. Uh, Jalen Lindsay uh, blocked some crosses last night that got a real nice rise from the crowd, and I was like... Yeah. At that moment, there was a block that he made, and I th and the crowd went wild. And I kind of thought to myself, "Hmm, we've got a nice little atmosphere in here this yeah. evening if we're going a little wild for a blocked cross in he, the first half." It is so unfortunate the tale of two halves for Lindsey because, like, the first half he showed everything that he could be with like just incredible defense on the wings and an assist to boot, and then in the second half he like gives up a penalty, he gets beat for an equalizer. It's just horrible. Poor kid. Uh, so uh, we wanted to make this a short episode for you tonight. I definitely want this show to wrap up soon because I've got an empty beer and I've got a soccer match to go to. I'm done. i got nothing more to say. <laughs> I, I, I talked enough. Thank you to the TIFOs and uh, thank you, John, for everything you do, man. It's uh, It was just another beautiful – like you helped me find the perspective I needed on this whole thing, which is just like let's celebrate soccer in a soccer city and the results will take care of themselves. We're not losing. Let's be happy. It's the summertime in America, goddammit. Hop fly was great. The beers were cold. The match was electric. Maybe didn't get the result that that we wanted to, but there's still hope. You know, some people say it's the hope that kills you. Nah, I, I disagree with that. It's to the me, hope it, that sustains you. Yeah, it keeps me going. The hope does, and that's why I've got hope for the rest of the season. I've got hope for tonight. I, I've got hope for a great time tonight. Charlotte Independence looking to avenge uh, the loss against Lexington. Yeah, we got to do it. So tonight's yeah, tonight. Independence have a have a uh, a closed, tight, packed table situation of their own we're dealing with, and uh, some separation there will be great starting tonight. I think it's the, at the 34-minute mark of our last episode. If you're looking for some more content, listening to this show on a Monday, want to get to know some of those Independence guys, check out our previous episode. Go to minute 32, you'll, 34. You'll hear from Omar Cease, and you'll, you'll hear from A.O. Flanagan as well. Two guys that I hope... Uh, get the start tonight. Starting lineup's probably coming out now. Pure class independence. So we're going to walk down here to Elizabeth Avenue, get to the Memorial Stadium. Cheers to you, Danny. Cheers to all the TFOs. We'll talk to you later this week.
for the crown, baby.